everyone, and welcome back to Otaku Ryoho, where we have conversations about themes that might be hard to talk about, might not be hard to talk about. Um, <laughs> but、um, we use anime as illustration to make those conversations a lot simpler, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am Jan Ramos, and I am accompanied by my good co host, Jose Cardona. Do you have a bad co host? Yeah, I have a bad co host. <laughs>、uh, um, I'm glad I'm he, the good he, one. He hasn't made it to the show yet. Got it. Got but it. I'm glad I'm the good one. You, you'll, notice how, you'll notice when they come along. Okay. Yeah. Stay, stay <laughs> tuned for my bad co host. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. <laughs> so、um, today, I always, so last week, I suggested we talk about biological urges, right? Pretty much. That's kind of what you said. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like as I've done my research for this episode, like I've gone a lot of very different directions, all motivated by, by just like this one principle thought that I really want to get across throughout the conversation. But if you feel like the conversation is getting too off topic from what you were expecting or, or it might get like uncomfortable, just let me know at any moment. So, I can get back on track. Okay. Oh, no. Uncomfortable. Oh, no. Okay.、Um, Where did your research go? I mean, you, you watched Beastars. I was uncomfortable. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. We're, I used Beastars as an example. And、mm-hmm. so, generally, what I wanted to talk about was so, you know how I'm a medical student, right? And I've mentioned this various times throughout the, the podcast. Yes. And part of that is because I personally believe and put a lot of stock in the, the effect that biology has on our behavior, right? You can't be a psychiatrist if you don't believe that, you know, there's, there's, that biology plays a key part in behavior.、Mm-hmm. And I. The more I study and the more I understand how biology influences our behavior, the more I am convinced that it does not have the effect that most people give it, you know, attribute to it. And I、Ooh. think that's, that's one of like the most, it's like an oxymoron or, or, or to a certain degree, like it, it's something that. It's always in the back of my mind, and I'm always thinking about And it's a difficult topic for me to address just because, you know, I, my, I have based my whole career on, you know, discussing how biology affects behavior. But then the way I see it used in conversation, it feels like people use biology to take away people's、um, like autonomy. To say,、yeah. like, you know, you can't help your, your biological urges or you can't help、um, the way we are just built, right?、Mm-hmm. And that's why, just generally, it, it's just like a difficult topic for me to talk about. So I really wanted to appreciate this moment and this podcast to use anime to maybe find out how I feel about it and maybe find out how you feel about it. Yeah.、Um, and, you know, just, just, See where it goes. Okay. This is, I've never been so excited about starting one of these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do do hmm. you have any like entry remarks or or stuff that that? I'll 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 say this. I'll mm-hmm. say this, and and maybe you, you can use this as an example um, further on. Before we recorded, I, I I told you I was like I took a nap, mm-hmm. an unplanned nap, <laughs> mm-hmm. and a part of me over the past week or so has been like, I felt like this before. What is this? Am I just like? Am I just? I'm feeling lethargic. I'm like, am I? Am I? Am I depressed? Mm-hmm. But I'm actually leaning towards the uh, a mold allergy. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, huh, because I was talking to someone, they were like, oh, I get like that. Do you also have like these headaches? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah. When there's mold in there, I get like that. I was like, oh yeah, I haven't taken my allergy medication in a while. So it's like this, this physical symptom, right. Is, is very similar to a, what we, an emotional state. uh, I mean, it's like you said, like it's, this stuff is hard to talk about. Like depression is Mm -hmm. it is biological right but it's also emotional and so how how do you talk about it right and Mm -hmm. it it can be difficult and it depends on who you're talking about traditionally i like to talk about just symptoms Mm -hmm. and not diagnoses for example because i think i think people can relate very easily to 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 symptoms so right now like i'm feeling lethargic I'm usually not concerned about the cause, but the cause is very important Mm -hmm. (laughs) because without knowing what the cause is, I can't actually treat it and stop this feeling. Like I I don't like feeling this way, Yeah, but I, I don't feel other symptoms of depression right now. So Mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards it being, I'm open to the possibility of it being something like um, seasonal allergies at the moment. And so, so I started taking an allergy medication to see if it helps. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that helps illustrate it, but this is something like I immediately thought of when you were trying to set us up, which mm-hmm. is something that I'm experiencing literally at this moment. Yeah, and 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 has the allergy medication helped? I think it's helping. Yeah, think I think it's helping. helping. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I was at, when I picked B stars specifically, right? I I was thinking about this conversation I've had with one of my friends, right? And we were talking about B-Stars itself. And it was interesting how the conversation went around like um I thought it was a conversation it, it was like a metaphor for for gender and he thought it was a a metaphor for race. Mm-hmm. Uh like a lot of like the themes that the that the series talks about mm-hmm. and it, i find it that it's a very interesting series because like it feels symbolic in nature although like you know that like the building blocks of the series is actually very physical right we live in a world like inside the series the main characters live in a world where animal instincts are essentially a part of you, right? And a part of your behavior. And the main character struggles between his sexual urges and his like uh, romantic urges and his just predatory carnivore, carnivore or urges, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've I've had a lot of conversations with people where I... You know, like I'm talking as a feminist, right? And I'm talking about, you know, just how men tend to act 
around women and uh, what sort of gender roles are valid in in you know a, a normative sense and just how we can act differently and be different right and we can accept variations in these sort of presentations and often the concept of like gender as a biological you know uh entity is used to justify you know um it, it's used as a naturalistic sort of like bias right where you say like it's just male nature to act this way right mm-hmm. like you you often hear that that sort of like um boys argument. will be boys yeah right because you know testosterone increases aggression and it's so you know it's a natural part of how men are and I, i'm unconvinced that it's that simple right but i think b stars gives you the opportunity to assume that is as simple as it claims to be right like carnivores are carnivores they have that urge and that's just how they are you can't like change that but it tells you like even if that were your natural state of being would that be ethical right hmm. like you have this character is like there's like the the tiger jock character mm-hmm. that he's like he tries to he drinks um rabbit's Rabbit blood, blood before yeah, yeah before a, a a play or something to sort of like dope himself right and he says like you know i'm not eating you know herbivores alive right but we're carnivores and we have to act the same way we always do this, this is part of our nature and denying that would be denying an essential part of ourselves that's that's sort of like his argument right and legoshi's argument tends more towards a direction that even if i recognize that if this were like an essential part of my nature it doesn't mean that i have to follow that that predetermined plan right if you analyze it and you sort of evaluate it on its ethics you understand that sometimes acting in accordance with your nature is not ethical right and that's like his main struggle as a main character right recognizing that he is a slave to his like biological urges but knowing that doing the right thing to a certain degree means denying those urges right and and not giving them the space um and being a better person being going above you know mind over matter right so when you said before mm-hmm. that it's simple what were you referring to like what is what what do you think it's it's just as simple as that like when you were talking about the do you mm-hmm. mean the representation of of do, the, do you think Beastars is all about representation of gender? Is that what you're saying? Or no? Um, that's that's the way I interpreted it personally. Gotcha. I gotcha. feel, but if you take if you just take it like on its face value, like carnivores versus herbivores, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of angle. I think part of Beastars' premise is that if we take these biological urges as something like monolithic right every single carnivore feels these urges right and they're inevitable in every single carnivore is it still okay to act according to them right is it mm-hmm. still okay to just accept nature as a, as a measure of what is right is is what's natural right right 
Like yeah. we often use the concept of like, oh, it's natural to explain why something should be right. But I don't think that's true, personally. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the series sort of like explains it, or it doesn't explain it, but addresses it in a very interesting manner, right? Okay. It's it, it sort of reminded me as like when I was in college and I was reading, you know, just like your introductory Freud, right? And there's this reading where he's he's talking to he's sending letters between him and Einstein, right? And Einstein asked Freud, you know, I want you to use your theory to explain why humanity has a like predilection for going into war, right? Hmm. Why do we constantly go into war and do, and commit cruel acts? Because Freud up until that point usually explains things as a desire to be loved. You know, everything we do is is a sort of like erotic desire to be like coveted or loved or 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 to appease our, our sexual emotional urges, right? And just Einstein was like, you know, how does that fit into, you know, why we are so destructive? And Freud you know, sort of concedes to that point and at the same time explains like maybe it's not that humankind has just like these sexual urges, but also has a destructive urge, right? An urge to um break things apart, to promote trauma by, you know, whenever things are fixed, you destroy whatever you had built up hmm. just so you can feel that sense that sense of belonging all over again. Right, and I think it fits really well into into B stars, and I don't know. I I think that's part of what I wanted to sort of talk about. Um, okay. okay. I don't know if I if I just like ranted and made absolutely no sense. You definitely ranted. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, I can't I can't watch B stars. I didn't finish the the. I think I've got a couple episodes left, so I didn't finish. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry if there's something that comes later. Mm-hmm. But I did see up until the the performance, okay. um, where where the where the the tiger re- replaces Louis, mm-hmm. um, and all of that, and but the the, the themes are definitely there. Um, I, I think it's funny. I can't I can't see B stars without thinking about Zootopia, Disney Zootopia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, I think the metaphor is more explicitly racial. Yeah, mm-hmm. and here it's it's very different um i don't i don't i don't agree with the like i don't see it that way i don't see it as a gender metaphor mm-hmm. i don't see it as a race metaphor either because i feel that this it it goes way it's so literal yeah i feel i i, I agree part of what yeah. what sort of made me uncomfortable about zootopia is that <laughs> it was very literate like it was very straight about the fact that it was a racial metaphor yeah but then if you addressed it directly as a racial metaphor you you, you'd find that there's a lot of things that are inconsistent and wouldn't Mm -hmm. make that world building an appropriate metaphor and i think i think part of what i like about beastars is that it took the world of zootopia but it said like okay now let's take it at face value and really address it for what it is and not just try to make it a convoluted metaphor I don't yeah. think the metaphor, what, what I meant to say is that I don't think the metaphor is on purpose, but I think you can use it as a conversation about gender. 
You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think the series was made to talk about gender, but I do think that you can use it to talk about gender. I think, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I have to. I'd have to. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. There's. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So so again, it's so it's so literal. I I I think I think so. I think metaphorically, we could we could um we could use it as a metaphor for for a number of different things. Mm-hmm. But. I I think the this idea of uh, the physical urge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gets it gets complicated. I can't see it. For me, it's harder to see it um, as a metaphor for gender mm-hmm. because of my view or my belief on gender, mm-hmm. which is that it is extremely fluid, non-binary. Yes, and in and the show seems as uh, so far as I've seen it. It seems very binary. binary in terms of herbivore and carnivore. Yes, and and we're, there's actually just this incredible focus on the desire, the uncontrollable desire, not even desire, the uncontrollable reaction mm-hmm. of the carnivore biology. Yes, to certain stimulus mm-hmm. <laughs> right yes um yes. and so and so when you when you said let's talk about um like physical urges and stuff like that right mm-hmm. i was like okay okay i see it i see it very clearly <laughs> where, where this idea came from based on b stars alone mm-hmm. because it is i mean there are it's 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 like it's a sad thought that we could possibly be completely out of control if presented with a particular stimulus. Yes. And I think that in general human beings and again B stars is they are highly anthropomorphized. anthropomorphized yeah. <laughs> uh, animals, right? They're not just like talking animals. They are like they have basically human Shapes. They go to high school, <laughs> and they go to high school, and they're they're in school plays, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's a school newspaper, and all of that stuff, and so so they are a very human representation with um with this cool animal aspect to it, and the animation is beautiful and all this stuff, right? But mm-hmm. like the core so far is that oh, like somebody died at the beginning, mm-hmm. and now you're starting to think maybe it was somebody that committed this murder and they couldn't control themselves. Mm-hmm. They were just yeah. being them. Mm-hmm. So what does what does that mean? How is that? And that's again, that's a sad. It's sad. That's what this is why um, uh, drug addiction is so sad. The yes. idea that once your body becomes dependent on a substance, mm-hmm. or you become so addicted that you you literally you 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 lose complete control. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, I mean it's 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 a very sad part of of the work that we do in psychology and and mental yeah. health and and biology too, right? Like you can't understand that without looking at the big picture. Yeah. And so so to me it I kept thinking more of of in in that sense, right? So I wasn't thinking of gender, I wasn't thinking of of race. I was thinking very much of yeah, there's a, there's that uh, like nature versus nurture kind of idea, but the the tragedy of the story so far I, I think i described it to you like i found i found it kind of depressing yeah <laughs> right is that this this guy the possibly the nicest person we've met on the show mm-hmm. can't control something yes and and he hates that mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. so so it's 
that's that's a lot <laughs> it's a heavy show man <laughs> yeah it is it's it's pretty heavy i i freaking love it but um yep i i really wanted to talk about drug addiction with it i think is a very very like important point that you bring out before that i just wanted to make clear that when when we were talking about gender right and you spoke about how it seemed so binary, the, the relationship between carnivores and herbivores. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in that way, it's not an appropriate metaphor. I completely agree. And part of what I was trying to say earlier is that it's not a metaphor for how gender actually is. But I feel like it's an interesting psychological experiment to sort of use this series and as an example of whether or not it's still ethical to act a certain way if gender was completely and utterly binary, right? Mm, okay. Like, if we just accept that premise at face value, like, there's still a thousand questions that can be brought up, right? And I think that's, that's, that's part of what made the series fascinating for me, right? Because it takes at face value that these urges are completely and utterly uncontrollable, Right. And yeah, so there's a societal pressure aspect uh-huh. to it too. Yeah. Which is that um Legoshi is is very aware of his let's call it nature. Mm-hmm. Um and so is the tiger character. Yeah. And and there's this this very interesting point of view from Louis where he says I am my nature is actually a weak character. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to do things that my body is literally incapable of doing. Mm-hmm. And my body is suffering because of it. Yes. And I hate that Legoshi, this big, strong wolf, refuses to act like a more, like a stronger person when mm-hmm. he has all of that strength with him innately. And I want that. And I'm trying to portray that. And it's killing me. Mm-hmm. And he has it and he refuses to use it because he, he feels that, you know, for whatever like he i'm not sure yet um this far of like lego she's embarrassed by it but that's why it to me it's it's way more about or the way i see it is very much more about um societal roles where it's like you were born into this class Mm -hmm. and this is what is expected of you and if you do not and there are rewards and there are consequences for not fulfilling your role adequately in a society and the things that we do or do not do right within that role that we were been assigned or earned or whatever, it can even be something as simple as a job role, mm-hmm. the consequences that come about that and, and how that plays out internally and externally. So, which is, which is uh-huh. also fascinating because like in general, the society does not approve of carnivores acting like carnivores, right? At this like, moment in time in this location, right? Which is yeah. like I want to see the bigger world of like, Beastars. The yeah. the bigger world of Beastars is more like, you know, we're 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 living in peace and harmony. And I think it's more like an internal pressure amongst carnivores mm-hmm. to to remind each other, like, hey, don't forget about na- your nature. Hey, don't neglect the fact that, you know, you find herbivores like delicious and that you you want to eat them you want to harm people that's part of your nature and you should be proud of it right mm-hmm. it's more like an internalized like thing within the carnivore community than 
a thing that the society in general supports because the society in general, you know, is built upon this sort of peace treaty that makes them equals, right? And and like all carnivores have to eat vegetarian, right? Uh, they can eat eggs, right, or stuff like that. But like the the society is structured to um, stop those kinds of behaviors. But the carnivore community community has still managed to keep that part of themselves alive in the black markets, in the way that that they talk to each other, in the way that they carry themselves. And I find that fascinating. Right? Yeah. So I, damn. I mean. The more I think about it, the more twisted Beastars is. Yeah. Because when I try to, uh, it's like, it doesn't work when you're literally eating. Like if you're, if you're splitting people into two groups and one literally eats the other, you could <laughs> um, mm. like use the metaphor um, to pertain to race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a way. Well, but, that, but, that was a mistake that Zootopia did. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it like it gets uncomfortable mm-hmm. if you don't. I guess you have to like literally not think of eating, but like taking advantage of the other person mm-hmm. because they don't want to. They don't want to eat them because they hate them, mm-hmm. which which again is is possibly a metaphor um, for mm-hmm. some people. It's just like you you think they think they're lesser, right? So so they're just something that we eat but then there's this other idea of like well the carnivores have to suppress their nature in order for the world to thrive or at least for the other people to thrive so it is a sacrifice on their behalf Mm -hmm. and and you can imagine yeah i don't know it's it's hard it's hard but but yeah like there are in there are many things I mean the, the fact it just it bothers me. It's hard to I think it's it's hard to to work it out with um, or for me anyway because because it's okay. So this reminds me of an episode. I don't remember what season because there's over twenty seasons mm-hmm. of Law and Order SVU. Okay. Okay. If you've never watched Law and Order SVU, it's a special victims unit. It is it is a very sad show to watch because all of the crimes that they're investigating are. Um, uh, like I think they're all like sexual assault related kind of things. Mm, okay. Um. So so again, they go to this special victims unit, and I remember one episode where a they they had like a they they convicted a a, a pedophile, mm-hmm. and on the black market he was able to get his child porn, and I I don't remember if he was trafficking children. Mm-hmm. And his argument was basically everything that you just said about the carnivores. Mm-hmm. He was saying that like this is just who he is, and there are others like him, and you'll yes. never get rid of us all, and we will like feed our urges however we need to because mm-hmm. this is who we are. Yes, that episode fucked me up mm-hmm. <laughs> when I saw it. Right, but but that but that that's happening. Right, like like that show is based on 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 true stories mm-hmm. and uh and that's what i was thinking about now when we were discussing um, mm-hmm. um b stars and and that may be that's a real example but it may be a, a less common and less relatable example mm-hmm. um but I, I i think it's easier to in the context of you know other types of addictions and compulsions but i mean mm-hmm. but i guess it counts yeah so yeah, that that's that's part of what's fascinating about it that you, yeah. you know, even if you have this urge, I think the the 
bad part of it is the fact that you entertain, you know, a piece like knowing that something is wrong, but still come like going about people, it, right? People need to agree that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Like even, even that example of the in SVU, mm -hmm. right. It's like, that's because it's in, 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 in modern day. It's, it's, it's today. Yeah, it's in the present. True. A couple thousand years ago, like that was accepted, mm -hmm. you know, because there were, there were no laws against it. People who were in power like to do stuff that today would not be allowed. And we have laws yes. against and what is legal and illegal and right and wrong changes over yeah. time. So the social contract that has been created by the carnivores and the herbivores in bee stars is probably the most interesting yes. mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. That's why I like, I want to know more about that world. I want to know the history. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to know the, the, the history of the world of bee stars and how they got to where they got. It's fascinating. Hmm. Hmm. So, um, I also wanted to go back to the theme of drug addiction right and drug dependence yeah. because i think that's a that's a very apt metaphor for feeling out of control because of biological urges right and yeah. i think yeah. that that is one of the best examples because um there's a difference between having a a built-in instinct or desire right and there's a difference between that and having an actual illness or, or dependence that literally brings about symptoms that could endanger your life, right? Not taking a specific drug can feel physically like dying, right? It doesn't feel, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it doesn't, point, yeah. Some you can die from exactly. if you stop taking them exactly. after a certain point. And yeah. so I found that very interesting and a very interesting point of um, discussion. I personally... For a big chunk of my life, I thought I was going I was going to go into substance use uh, psychiatry because it's something mm -hmm. that I've yeah. worked on for for quite a few years in in terms of community service. I've 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 been exposed yeah. to a yeah. lot of these types of stories, and it's something I I personally find it, it's definitely saddening. It's definitely something that as a as an academic I find fascinating. Um, it is, but it's so sad. Like we're living right now. Yes. There's the opioid epidemic, but other mm -hmm. over the years there have been others. Like the sad part of, about opioids is that they are mm -hmm. so addictive. It's so addictive that, like, I mean, it's hard mm -hmm. for me personally, right? I, I mean, but, but it's hard for me to personally hold the person mm -hmm. responsible, right? Because at what point did they completely lose control? It was just like, yeah, like they they couldn't. They yeah. couldn't stop. Doesn't matter how much they wanted to, they couldn't. Mm -hmm. I believe, right? Because it's that powerful. The fact that things exist in the world that are that that can have that mm -hmm. much influence, or even downright control over over your your mm -hmm. body and your mind, is is so sad and it's yeah. terrifying. And, and it's this tragic. is this is part of what I found like a very interesting line of of questioning, right? Because People with drug addiction, even the most severe drug addictions, they don't lose complete control. 
you always have a degree of volition and a degree of control over your life and your circumstances, right? Um, when you go into, I've gone to quite a few um, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, right? And opioid uh, Narcotics Anonymous uh, meetings. And one very um, common thread, right? is that while you recognize that you have to accept the things that you cannot change, you also have to recognize that every choice you've made was an active choice, right? You could have this story about this, this person who, while they were struggling with, with alcohol addiction, they, they did some, some terrible stuff, right? Like they, perhaps they went into their, their parents' house and they broke everything and they stole money and then they left, right? And as they're retelling their stories, they, they often go back to that phrase of like, and I knew what I was doing, right? And I knew, and I made every choice actively, partly because I was in physical pain, right? Because I was undergoing through a, a series of symptoms, partly because I thought there was no other way out, right? And so the only way to recovery is actually little by little assuming responsibility for your actions, right? I think most of the time when we talk about drug addiction and about somebody's control over that drug addiction, we merely frame it in the sense of, can he go about his life without taking the drug or not, right? But sometimes it's as simple as, does he have enough volition to look for help, right? To make sure not to um, go to the same grocery store that he usually went to when he would uh, buy seven bottles of vodka, right? And those are the little decisions that you can make along the way to will yourself out of, you know, um, drug addiction. Besides the medication that most people undergoing, like, you know, um, just trying to get out of addiction usually take, right? Those in rehab and, and, and those who are detoxing. But... It's it's just where is that line, right? Where your biological urges, where you can't hold somebody responsible for their actions. And I think what's most important is that we are able to do both at the same time, right? We're able to recognize that while every action was a conscious choice, that the circumstances that brought about that conscious choice had a lot of factors that were not in his control, right? Or in their control. Mm -hmm. I, I feel I feel you're oversimplifying mm -hmm. a lot of this, um, perhaps for the sake of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I, I am not a medical student. Uh, I've never studied medicine, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but there there is difference between um, mm -hmm. different kinds of substances and the effects that they have on people, and different people yes. have different um, tolerances mm -hmm. and sensitivities to different kinds of substances, and. Uh, yeah, like, you know, again, going back to, to opioid addiction, like people are overdosing because mm -hmm. they don't even get to the point. Like some people don't remember what they did because mm -hmm. they've taken, because because of what they're on, because of what they're taking. Like it is, 
I'm sure mm-hmm. those moments may exist. And there was a moment at the beginning and if in isolation, if we just mm-hmm. discussed the, the consumption of the substance, um, and we, uh, it's so complicated because there's so much of a, again, there's also a, yeah. to the society, uh, aspect to it also, like if this person did not have any access to, mm-hmm. to any support or asked for support and didn't receive it and, and all of these other things. And yeah, but like in the, yes. in the experience mm-hmm. of the person, at what point were they able to mm-hmm. like, I don't I'm not saying this is what you said, but it sounded, um, yes. mm-hmm. like, like like people always have a choice like like you don't have to do it right and then and mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think that's i don't think it's that simple i don't think what you're saying goes against what i said so what what, what i'm trying to say is that there's a lot of okay. situations that are out of your control right that happen and they inform your choices right um i think it says the the way you say it, like we always have a choice. I personally think that's true. I think even if it's a 1% uh, level of volition, you still have a choice on what happens. But what happens is that drug addiction essentially messes with your the decision-making capacities that your brain has, right? It tells it convinces you to your very core that, Drugs are needed for survival, right? And I get that part of it is part is something that you can't control. But part of what I struggled with all these years working with people with drug addiction is that if we can accept that there's a point to which nobody has to bear. Sorry. So assuming that there's a point to which people no longer have volition, you would have to accept that some people are beyond salvation, mm-hmm. right? They're beyond getting out of addiction. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. that reminds me of, um, of suicidal um, patients and people, right? Where my understanding mm-hmm. of, um, of our collective understanding of suicide is that Mm-hmm. You get into that state of mind where you don't see other options, yeah. right? Where you you in many ways have lost control, mm-hmm. and if allowed to, mm-hmm. given enough time, the person will go through with the suicide. But if someone else intervenes, there's like a window, right? That's like there is mm-hmm. no like you've completely lost control. And if someone else is able to intervene, Mm-hmm. then the person is able to get out of that state in which they, they have lost control and then are able to, to yes, recover. I, I and, see what you're saying. And then mm-hmm. get treatment and be okay. And yeah, yeah. So like the, the, even the idea of like, there's always like mm-hmm. a 1% even, right? If there's always this, this volition um, that in drug addiction, I don't think, I don't think that's, I, I think it's ignoring that window of that moment of time where it's like, yeah, like mm-hmm. no, no, like in there, there's a time when that's I don't think that exists. Again, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, this this comes from also working in the mental health field, right? And and um, it, I wish I knew more about the research. This is actually, it it is such a sad part of, of um of mental health care and and healthcare in, in general, that when given the yeah. choice later on, I decided to not go in that direction. Okay, I see. 
because I didn't know if mm-hmm. emotionally I could deal with it. And it may be, right? Like it would probably be, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like I have very mm-hmm. strong feelings about the idea that people are completely in control because I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, again, I, I wish, I yeah. wish I'm not as educated in this as I wish I was for this conversation, but, but the suicide aspect of it, right? Like, I think, I don't know what that state of mind is where, where you like, there's only one direction, right? It's like, you've got, you've got, a, mm-hmm. th- there is no other choice. Like they all disappear and there's only this <laughs> and you don't see the other options. So is there really another, uh, are there really more choices? And, but if, mm-hmm. if, I don't think that people are beyond help when they get to that. I think that, that there needs to be an intervention. I think that that, yeah, yeah. Sure, people always have a choice, but at the same time, do you really have a choice if you can't see it? I'm, no, I'm actually, I mean, that's that's one way of putting it, but I think in general, I think that um, drug addiction mm-hmm. can, Again, I'm using substance abuse yeah. uh, and substance generally because it can vary greatly in what it is that you're using. Some things will not take you to this point, but some substances will are mm-hmm. are so empowering over the human body. They take they take over and they 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 completely remove. This may be again. This is more of a. Mm-hmm. I, I can only state it as a as an opinion and a belief at this point, because of uh, lack of education. But uh, that where you're like, there's no, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's no control whatsoever. You ha- you have lost complete control. And I don't think that that person is beyond um, recovery. I think that that person it requires an external intervention, similar to that yeah. suicide, um, to, to the example of suicide. Yes. Yeah. I agree that sometimes the ex- the external intervention is the perhaps the only way to to get somebody to realize that they have a problem to begin with, or that they need to that they need help, or to see the or other options. They, like you there's said, there's a right? way out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's why it's 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 a complicated topic, yeah, yeah. and that's why I sort of wanted to bring it bring it up. I think B stars shows that in a certain way, right? When we see, you know, Legoshi unable to control this very deep urge within himself, right? It sort of brings you back to that. Um, and in a way, like, he he always has that choice, but at the same time, how, where do you draw the line, right? Where How do you know that he won't, he won't um, relapse, right? Yeah. And I think part of it is is accepting people for what who they are and what they are and where they are at the moment. I think if we focus too much on on holding people accountable, um, which is not something that should not be done entirely, right? But um, if we focus too much on holding people accountable and and just trying to pry apart whether somebody has volition or not, or you know whether somebody deserves something or not is if if we focus too much on that we lose sight of what actually is going to help right and what helps is sometimes an intervention what helps sometimes is somebody else being there for them and letting them know hey you're important right hey there's a way out of this hey i'll be here for you well i mean i mean sometimes but other times you literally need to detoxify your body 
because because mm-hmm. your body is poisoned and no, your yeah, brain has no, been, that's that's always yeah, necessary. And your body has been uh, uh, your brain has been rewired, right? So I think yeah. the the more we talk about mm-hmm. it, the more uncomfortable I feel about about um, the idea that people are in control. It's it's almost like and mm-hmm. I, and I understand the 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 AA um, position of you know. There are things I can't control them mm-hmm. and there are things I can't. And I'm assuming responsibility for these things. And maybe, yeah, I knew what I was doing. But I'm sure a lot of that is also hindsight, a way of kind of coping with what happened. Because mm-hmm. at the moment, if stopped at that moment, right, like you would have done like th- th- that moment isn't necessarily or that that possibility isn't necessarily there. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. super complicated. And, and, you know, a lot of these behaviors that even in hindsight, we say like, hmm, I, I remember um, I did this and I, I felt like I was in, I knew what I was doing, right? When you go through therapy and when you learn how to remove yourselves from this situation, right? I think that plays a big va- a, a big role into understanding that you know even when you feel at a certain point that you were never in control like you could still do certain things you just maybe were not informed about it you didn't have those tools right you we have i've had plenty of of patients who tell me like you know i used to go to to a supermarket and i thought you know there is no way i'm not going to leave this place without a an extra bottle right um, but l- having those tools, even when you're not through detox, sometimes gives you that extra edge that that helps you, right? And and it, it's that active choice of knowing where your limits are and what you have to do to fight them. I think a lot of what what you you're saying, where y- you find it hard to to completely accept that, you know everybody has volition and everybody's in, in full control. I think, and th- this is where I, I I differ, and it's okay to, to have these differences of opinion. I think a lot of that comes from not having the emotional tools, not necessarily not being able to act differently, but rather not having, not knowing how to act differently. And part of that is, easier when you do detox and detox is an essential part of recovery but part of that is also super important for you to have the cognitive concept of fighting addiction down right you have those tools to to tell yourself like i know that if i go to the supermarket i'm gonna want to do this if i go to this party where people did not agree on not putting up alcohol like I won't make it out through the night. Yeah, and maybe that, that's an acceptance of not having volition. Th- that assumes so much. <laughs> that assumes mm-hmm. so much on behalf of the person. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, and so, yeah, I, 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 I not only differ, I, 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 I super disagree, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if the person, a lot of these, again, some of these substances, they're hitting you the first time you weren't prepared mm-hmm. before then you had no idea yeah. that your body would react the way it, it was, it, it did. And yeah. so how could you possibly be prepared for that? You could argue that, oh, well, you know, you could have, you know, 
There was a there was a don't do drugs program at school, and it kind of talked about that. But that's that's bullshit. No, I'm I'm co- I completely agree with <laughs> yeah, because like because like like you, using, you obviously started using a, a drug for a reason. Well, and I mean, like, if he, that just happened, if you even knew that you were taking the drug, like you, going back to mm-hmm. uh, like putting it in something that I can that I can actually relate to at this very moment, mm-hmm. right? Like there is apparently a thing in the air near me that I am completely. Um, that my body and I didn't know because I just moved here very recently, mm-hmm. and now yeah. there is this thing in the air that is causing such an allergic reaction that is causing me mm-hmm. multiple symptoms. And like mm-hmm. I'm used to allergies, but this thing has hit me hard in ways that I didn't expect. I have other symptoms too, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh shit! Like I don't know this was here. And the actual medication that I've been taking, you asked at the beginning if it's working. It mm-hmm. is, but I don't. I don't think it's working well. I'm gonna have to switch it mm-hmm. up. But I only have the one. Because yes. that's what worked before. And my body just happens to be sensitive to multiple allergens. So I'm comparing allergens to <laughs> substance abuse just in the sense that your body reacts to things in ways that are, are that in many ways are Out of- beyond your control. And sure, mm-hmm. so I have the option right now, bringing the, the actual real world and society aspect to it. I could, if I had the money kind of proof my 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 home more i could move i could quit my job and get out of here and go somewhere where this isn't an option right where where i'm not as affected by this but mm-hmm. that's not an option for me right now um yes. and it's not an option for me literally at this very moment so there are so many things that even it's it's so it's it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot of stuff yeah that like environmental factors there's a lot of things that you can't control yeah. and that will definitely play into but again but like if if um, you can't say like yeah i can i can say i can make all of these changes i can go get a different allergy medication i could proof my windows i could buy mm-hmm. a more expensive better um uh, air purifier maybe add two or three more i can start wearing a mask at home i can start doing all of these things but at what point is that responsibility in this case, right? Like, like if, if I can't afford that or I'm in the middle of a pandemic and I don't have the way to buy that stuff, how much of that mm-hmm. is then, well, my, my fault. My well, I wouldn't say it's your fault. Yeah. But, the, but talking mm-hmm. about like, Oh, like people have a choice. Mm-hmm. It makes it mm-hmm. sound like, Oh, like, well, you know, you asked for it. Sorry. You know, you could have done no, something no, no. different. That's, that's completely not, not what I'm, what I'm saying. To to, I think there's a very important distinction between recognizing someone's volition and faulting them for it. I think that's that's a personal belief of mine. When if we let let's get completely out of like the the drug addiction mindset. Okay. But um, if you see this kid, right? And another kid just takes a toy away from them. And his reaction is to punch the other kid, right? I think that person, if maybe that kid wasn't, didn't have like the proper education or tools to um, understand what you do when you are confronted with like difficult emotions like anger, right? I do. I wouldn't fault this kid for doing this sort of thing because it's it's literally the only thing they know how to do, or the only thing they can do with what's available to them. Like 
mentally, the cognitive tools that that kid has. The only option he feels he has at the time is to punch because that's usually what you do um, when you're angry. When you have that sort of education, like knowing something is wrong and knowing how to do differently automatically gives you a sense of control. And once you have control, I think you can understand more how you could have done things differently. And it's not to say that they couldn't have things differently beforehand, but now you understand why you could, how you could have done things bef differently before, right? It's as you say that sometimes these things are all in hindsight because now that you're in a better place, you can look back and say, hey, I could have done this differently and I knew what I was doing, right? Yeah, but, but, but even even within regarding um, anger and things like that, like a small mm -hmm. a small altercation between two um, adolescents uh, mm -hmm. or even two kids, and one kind of gets mad and taking a behaviorist point of view, right? It's like, oh, like this is like someone took my stuff. I immediately punched them. That's what I do. That was the trigger. This mm -hmm. was the reaction, cause and effect. Boom. That's what. That's just how it is. Is different than mm -hmm. um, someone who has like a lifelong uh just like has way more trouble controlling their anger for example right that bubbles up and then like they can't see clearly mm -hmm. they lose control and they do stuff yeah. and uh they're like there were things happening <laughs> in the body and the mm -hmm. brain that took them to a point that isn't um uh that wouldn't necessarily have affected a different person the same way and then they got to a point where they 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 committed an act that they were not planning on doing and maybe would have never done right there mm -hmm. there are people who have killed other people and it was their first kind of outburst because that's just like mm -hmm. they and they'll say afterwards like yeah maybe i'm sure there's some that are like oh no i, I knew what i was doing but a lot of people are like i, had, I have no idea i don't even remember what i did mm -hmm. because the brain <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so I think there's a cognitive aspect to each and every one of these situations, right? Because if you were to say, like, a person does not have control over what they're doing. I'm saying a person right? may not have control, right? I'm saying, I think it's a spectrum. Okay. Like, I think, okay. I'm not trying to generalize in the direction of that people have no control. I just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pushing back on my um, assessment that you are simplifying mm -hmm. things in the direction of, like, like there's always control. Okay. So I'm okay. trying to show that there's a no. range, right? Like just like with substance abuse, like you mm -hmm. can't like you can't compare like marijuana to opi opioids, right? It's like the mm -hmm. effects and then the people, it's like it's completely different, right? And the dosing and like there's so many factors involved yes. that it's it's so difficult to make like I don't feel comfortable making any blanket statement in any direction, um, yeah. but that the possibility is is there that we see people suffering, that we see people mm -hmm. completely having to, um, uh, some people who are struggling against their own minds and bodies, and then there are some who are who lost that struggle and are unable to to participate in it. I think I mm -hmm. think those are all part of the the experience. Yes. Or the experiences that are possible. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, wow. I mean, one show I watched uh, in preparation for this was Demon Hunter. Have yes. you watched it? 
I haven't seen it now. So at the beginning of the show, like in this world, there are demons and they. Oh, wait. Yes, yes, yes. I, I have seen Okay, it. right. Sorry. I was thinking of the Japanese name. Oh, um, right. Yeah. I yeah, forgot what the. Demon but, uh, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba? I, I, I don't it? know. You don't watch dubs. You yeah. don't watch subs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Good. Right. So Demon Hunter at the, the right, mm-hmm. it's this world where there are these demons that they eat people. Mm-hmm. So very similar to uh, kind of the concepts in, in Beastars. And then, yes. uh, but you can get infected by a demon and become a demon. And yes. the general understanding is that once you become a demon, it's impossible. So these demon hunters come and chop your head off and, and burn you so that you can, yes. you stop doing this. But the main character mm-hmm. of the show, the kid we meet, his little sister becomes a demon and he believes that he can save her. Even though yes. as, far, as, as far as I've seen, nobody else believes that. <laughs> But there mm-hmm. seems to be like, may- maybe, maybe it's possible, right? Like this idea of like, yes. it's it's not a lost cause, but he has to intervene and he has to like, there's a lot of work on behalf of him to be able to help her to, I hope like, I, I just started watching the series. I, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I, and it's, I was thinking about it th- throughout this conversation, right? Like I'm thinking like, it doesn't, mm. like that girl has people say that she can't um, help it, right? She seems to be an exception, right? Like most people have no control. In this case, like she, she's like still a little bit there, right? She's, she's very much like, I, I, when I first saw it, I was sort of amazed by how, how much of a change he was able to enact on her. Mm -hmm. And that apparently nobody else like has gotten to like this enact that same sort of change yeah 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 because it's almost like she's still there she's just like have those urges but she's completely well it's like she's struggling with it right it's like she she Mm -hmm. is completely um she is transformed she's not the same person that she was before but there's a little bit of her left right and and so um but most people don't get there most people are completely they're gone they're demons now this is what they do Mm -hmm. and they yeah they don't have like the I don't know, right? I mean, it's it's. I've only seen the first couple episodes, so so it'll be interesting how it mm-hmm. explores these ideas. Like if we revisited this in the future with Demon Hunter, yeah. it would be an interesting mm-hmm. conversation. And just uh, and and I watched another show which was not uh, like I wanted to go into like vampire shows and things like that, but that seemed too easy. So mm-hmm. I checked out a show called Kakeguri. Ah, uh, Kakeguri, the 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 gambling one. The gambling yeah. one. Have yeah. Have you seen this? I haven't seen it. So it's on Netflix and it's a high school. What anime doesn't mm-hmm. take place in a high school? I think uh, is right. a good question. Um, Demon Hunter definitely takes place in a high school. It definitely does. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. he, yeah, the, the, the people in this school, they hold like these gambling tournaments or everything is like sorted out with gambling. But the way mm-hmm. it portrays the gambling, the compulsion, mm-hmm. It does this thing where I've seen it in another anime where they try to show someone who's addicted by like zooming in on their eyes and showing the eyes like really big. Yes. They show mm-hmm. that here, right? And these are these are students. And once they're in it, they're like, you know, it's like cocky at the beginning, but then you see like they can't they've they're it's like they they've lost control, right? It's like ha oh, and like and then you see the huge eyes and it zooms in and their faces look very yeah. different. And mm-hmm. that was another uncomfortable one to watch because you're like, what is what is happening? Like these people are <laughs> Like they 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 seem to have lost control, you know. Like at, at one part you're like, yeah. oh, they really like this, and then you're like, oh, like no, they they just lost like ten mm-hmm. million yen. Like they don't they don't 
Mm-hmm. They don't even they don't even realize what happened. You know, like there's that moment afterwards where the where where the they look normal again, and they're like, mm-hmm. "What just happened? <laughs> right? What did we just go yeah. through?" I think part of me that struggled with this with doing research for this is that I don't think any anime I've ever seen or or even I've tried researching it, but I don't think any of them have a very particularly good representation of addiction. I think partly it's because like um drug addiction is very is very low in in Japan. Yeah. yeah. There's like zero tolerance for drug addiction. Yep. There was or even drugs period, right? Or drug use. Yeah, or drugs. Not even period. Yeah. Like if there's no if there's very little access to drugs and drug like uh, were you gonna bring up the the Yakuza actor example? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apparently this has happened before, right? Like this actor mm-hmm. was caught doing coke and they just like not only was he like the society <laughs> right he was like no we're going to digitally remove him from this game we're going to redub your your audio we're going to remove you from all these other things and it's sad that there were jokes about how like how could you even be famous in the united states if you don't do coke right mm-hmm. it's like oh wait what right very very different um yes. societal Culture. uh pressures and and acceptance of drug Mm -hmm. use and yeah like i hope that there aren't many uh, stories of drug addiction in i mean there may be in live action japanese right but i didn't see much in Mm -hmm. in anime i hope it's because they don't have to deal with that i hope it's because not like here in the united states or in puerto rico you're walking around and you see addicts like all over the place that can't get help you see the system that Mm -hmm. is trying to help them in some places completely overwhelmed you see, yeah. I mean, it's such a, ugh, it's a, <laughs> I mean, I think the the flip side of that is that like you don't get a lot of like accurate drug, drug abuse representations in media, but you do get them just not accurate one. Uh, like you can, you uh, can find quite a few examples of like these characters that, you know, they're like, oh, give me the drugs. And they turn into these complete, like an utter, like. Uh, like murderous intent sort of people. And I think that's part of like, I think anime often contributes to that stigma because they don't understand what it's like to live in the shoes of somebody who's actually addicted. I mean, I, th- I think there are Hollywood movies, you know, um, that, that do mm-hmm. deal with this accurately. But no, yeah, I've never seen any anime that really addresses it. Not that I think, exactly. about, not that I think about it. Yeah. No. And I, I think that that was part to, Partly, to be, I, I to be think, fair, we did mm-hmm. not come into this thinking like the 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 topic was not drug addiction, right? <laughs> it was, but I did my research on drug addiction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it inevitably went uh-huh. there because because uh-huh. that's that's what B stars again. That's what B stars was calling to me as. Right? I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. that's what I don't know what that looks like, but it, uh, the closest thing I have <laughs> is is mm-hmm. substance abuse yeah. or substance yes. use and you know its effects. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Well, I think this sums it up for this episode of Otaku Ryoho. I think that was a very <laughs> controversial, interesting conversation. And I think I I look forward to having more conversations like this. Uh not only with you, but maybe some of our listeners. So before we get to to sort of like our social media stuff, like 
what's your next topic, Josue? Well, let me tell you. you know, it's your turn. Yeah, let me tell you. I don't want to have another discussion like this for at least a couple <laughs> weeks. I'm the serious conversation, dude. I don't know. And you you lift the spirits of all the listeners. Uh, yeah, so I <laughs> I need some comedy. I didn't even think throughout this episode. I was so um, involved in the conversation. I, I, I didn't even think of another um, topic until until the moment you said, I hope we can do this again. Like mm-hmm. in the future, I was like, no, I don't want to do this again in the future. I want to talk about, <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, uh, anime. I want to talk about funny anime. Can we do that? Can we just like talk about comedy? <laughs> comedy? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we do that? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna, uh, do an exploration of, uh, comedy anime. I need a palate cleanser after this. Palate cleanser. Okay. Hmm. I need two weeks. We record this every two weeks. I need two weeks of of funny anime. Hmm. After, especially hmm. after after like B stars and Kakaguri and and even oof, yeah. <laughs> I promise next next episode's topic for the one I pick it won't be won't be as heavy. You don't know. You don't know that. You don't know what the comedy uh, episode will inspire. I know because I'll, I'll put the effort into not making it heavy. Is uh, I feel like comedy is just too general. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe, hmm, hmm. hmm. I don't know. I want it. Uh, I want it to be. I want it to be a, a thoughtful conversation. Obviously, okay. but mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I mean, so. Uh, with the state of the world, I've actually found myself saying multiple times that phrase. Actually, I need a break. I just, I just need to. I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want to go. Uh, I need, I need to go watch a comedy, and I've been doing a lot mm-hmm. of that. And I've, I've been saying that in <laughs> conversations. Uh, I had a work yeah. meeting one day where we were discussing the state of the world, and halfway through, I said, "I, I can't. I'm, I need a break. So I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go watch a comedy or something." And uh, mm-hmm. it's become my line. So maybe, okay. Let me narrow it down. Then let's narrow down a a uh, anime. I, I think this shouldn't be hard to find. Um, see if you can find anime that is comedic, mm-hmm. but addresses. But it's it's comedic surrounding serious issues. So so okay, like using comedy as. Um, as a tool for for making something more approachable. Okay, I see what. You yeah. Mean. So even like I think I think uh, uh, one version of that can be even something like high stakes, super serious shonen where the world is at you know and, and lives are in danger. Like sometimes there's mm-hmm. like comedic relief. There's like a character or like there's that. I don't know, like the DBZ episode where they go get their driver's license, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like no, I have plenty right? of examples. Okay. I think this is a very okay. Very good. Cool. I think, you know, generally it speaks to facing life's hardships with with humor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Humor is a very mature, often like um, defense mechanism, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. sometimes it's it's very important Coping for mechanism. us to be able to balance, you know, happiness with sadness, yeah. and to be able to balance, you know, even as we're talking about difficult stuff, using humor throughout a conversation can often make it easier to talk about yeah. making it a lot better. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely quite a lot that we can cover with this. Can you think of, can you, I mean, was there any that came to mind immediately? 
the well give me your recommendation first because you're the one suggesting the the theme and so i'll i'll add on quite a few I, slice of life anime okay which which you know is my my mo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. um i i'm not sure i'm not sure um i'm not sure which one which one uh i mean there's like there's obvious examples like like um pen pen in uh yeah <laughs> genesis evangelion where it's like it's like it's such a bleak world <laughs> yeah, and it's so depressing good. and then every time pen pen shows up it's just like it's funny he's like drinking beer it's a penguin that lives in your house and he's like he's he's like quirky and drinks beer and you're like what and yeah, I think like a lot of the the series feels so grounded and so like, you know, just grounded on humans and people and like their and depression. their relationships. <laughs> that suddenly this random penguin just popping up on screen, it's like, it's definitely a comedic relief. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and I don't know. So so maybe something things like that. I can't, I'm, I can't think of any. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned the the DBZ example, but like DBZ is kind of fun in general. Even like it mm-hmm. goes up and down, but like there's always funny stuff like like you have this character goku who is like the most powerful being in the universe and like if you show him food he's just like he's 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 gone just like the like a uh, beerus the the god um do you mm-hmm. watch tbz i'm assuming i used to okay but i i don't i don't remember it like completely right, so, so in in super in dragon ball super there's a a a god um, like we start meeting um, these new gods that are like higher up above than like um, the ones we met before. He's the mm-hmm. this guy's the god of destruction. It's like it's up to him if the universe kind of like you know like he could destroy it because mm-hmm. that's kind of his job. And mm-hmm. but he loves to eat, so so the earth is like mm-hmm. appeasing him with food all the time. Yeah. It just, but that's a very DBZ thing. I don't I don't know if I'll use Dragon Ball as a as an example because it's it's generally pretty pretty lighthearted. Um, and then yeah. the action stuff. So, so yeah. So something again. I think like something like Pen Pen. So there's a few other comedy okay. anime that I that I want to see. I just added to my queue something called Gintama. Have you have you watched this? I've seen it, and I've played as a main character in in the jump game. Oh, okay, okay. I heard that that show <laughs> is just like really really funny. So I'm gonna see. Yeah. I, I need I need to do some research, but um, I'm yeah. looking forward to not having to watch B Stars. Uh, so, um, you know, <laughs> Slice of Life is all about facing um, most of slice, lo- slice of Life anime is about facing like just usual hardships with a, a sense of comedy and with a sense of, 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 you know, just trying to make it day by day, but finding ways to, to inject humor and, and joy into your life and levity from time to time. Okay. So there's there's quite a lot of examples, but I think there's one example that really plays into the relationship between two characters that I think will definitely contribute to the conversation, and that's Fruits Basket. Always. It's Finally. Always like you always... You're predictable. <sighs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Wait, what? I said you're predictable. I didn't, I'm not predictable because I've never mentioned Fruits Basket, <laughs> like, as an example. Uh, what? Fruits basket? No, no. I mean, okay. in our first episode, you you you, yeah. you talked about it. Yeah. Okay, okay. But in fruits basket, there's a relationship between two brothers, and one of those brothers is like this very um, serious, um, by the book sort of person. Okay. Um, 
And the other brother is like the complete opposite. The other brother is is super like bombastic, comedic, humorous, hilarious. And they struggle with their relationship because the other brother doesn't take him seriously, but does not recognize that in his humor, he's trying to connect with his brother about something that makes him very uncomfortable, right? He uses humor as a defense mechanism because he does not know how else to to approach his brother. Okay. Um, and I think that's a very like perfect sort of like uh, anime and example to use in this sort of conversation. Okay. Besides that, I think like anime like Honey and Clover and The Pet Girl from Sakura Hall, mm -hmm. they're all about, you know, teenagers or like college kids going through a lot of like emotional turmoil, but finding ways to inject like humor and, and levity into their lives to get them through what's more like difficult parts of life. If you're feeling a bit depressed over Beastars, maybe um, Sakura Hall won't be the anime for you <laughs> because Sakura Hall is all about what it means to fail time and time again, even when you're holding tight to your dreams. Okay. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, as you said, animating depression. <laughs> Even though there's like there's some scenes that are just extremely hilarious okay. within the show. Okay. Well, I mean that's but kind of they, yeah that's kind of what I wanna. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. the topic, right? It's like can we can we yeah. talk about a heavy examples of like this is serious, super serious topic, and then how did comedy mm -hmm. somehow make it make it even yeah. like easier to swallow or more palpable? Yeah. Or, I, no. So so my my example will be Fruits Basket, Ayame, and Yuki relationship. Okay. I could watch a few um, more fruit basket. I started uh, the, yeah. the the new version. I need to I need to keep watching. There's that. a specific episode, and I, I'm gonna send it. Okay, to Okay, let you. me know which number. Because that's the specific episode that that relationship is sort of like analyzed and, and sort of uh, taken apart, which is very interesting. Okay, let me know which number. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. Okay. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you want to contact us on our opinions and, and, and start another conversation, please do at the forums at otaku.geektherapy.com. Sorry, that's our, that's our website. I'm going to start. Were you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to uh, comment on anything, please do so at forums.geektherapy.com. You can also contact us on our Discord, which is in the show notes. You can also contact us on Twitter, and our handles are in the show notes. If you want more episodes of Otaku Ryoho, you can go to otaku.geektherapy.com. And that would be all. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you again, even though we're not actually seeing you. Bye. See ya.